Hey, I'm Kaylee, nurse, coach, mama, and I am so glad that you're here. The Mindful Method Podcast is your weekly dose of holistic mental health support. Each week, I share empowering tips for life and motherhood, the power of the mind, how to nourish our bodies, and most of all, I want you to know that there is hope. Join me on this journey as we walk through the ups and downs of life, and know that you're not alone. Let's do this. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Mindful Method podcast. I'm really excited to have Sally here today. Sally Davidson is another nurse coach, and she's actually the first nurse coach that I've interviewed on this podcast. So Sally has been a nurse for 29 years and more recently has transitioned into private practice. As a board-certified nurse coach, shamanic Reiki master, and a survivor of childhood trauma, she helps all humans discover their true north. As a holistic healing coach, she holds space for her clients to connect back to their hearts and live their soul's purpose. As an energy worker, she is able to infuse her energy work into her sessions as needed. During her client sessions, she co-creates daily self-care routines that can help to regulate her client's nervous systems. Regulation of our nervous system can help keep us balanced, access restorative sleep, decrease inflammation, improve memory and processing, it actually helps us live a calmer, more balanced day-to-day life. When the nervous system is out of balance, many different symptoms can arise. Sally understands you because she has been you. She actually was a burnt out healthcare worker suffering from chronic nerve pain and anxiety and has been able to decrease these symptoms with a daily practice of meditation, yoga, and breath work. Sally wants you to know that we have the ability to heal from within but the body is amazing and we just need to listen to it. So Sally, I'm so excited to hear your story. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Kaylee. I'm so excited to be here. So I just love reading these. And I mean, just hearing it, I just think it's, it's so cool to see where people have come from. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and it, I, I can see that you've been through a lot but let's start with with childhood I know that's a long story but I want to hear more about kind of what brought you to where you are now um yeah so I have been probably an overworker um and you know trying to control my environment a lot and that unfortunately came from my childhood not realizing it for a long time that that probably came from my childhood trying to control situations and being a survivor of some childhood trauma and um, coming from um, a family that was a bit riddled with um, alcoholism and things like that. So um, I was the youngest of three, um, quite a bit difference in age from my older sisters. They were nine and 10 years older than me. So I was the youngest. We moved when I was in junior high. Um, due to some family dynamics. And so I started a new school in junior high. And um, yeah, there was just a lot of um, chaos, which I think a lot of people experience, right? So learning to not like um, wallow in that chaos, but learning to kind of heal through that. Um, And it took me to, I'm 57. So it took me till about 55 to realize, hey, what was all of that? Like, what was all of that? I thought my superpower was that I was a really 
great, um, had a great work ethic and I could read a room um, like no other. Um, but really that was me trying to control the situation and also um, me having a personality um, of always, I guess, again, trying to control things. So my workaholic tendencies, I didn't drink or do any other substances, but I tended to work a lot. And again, I thought that was some type of superpower, but it's really not. It's really kind of just avoiding um, feeling. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like the abridged version of, I think, how I ended up coming to. And then I ended up um, becoming a nurse eventually, um, which is an, another place that us um Oh, many of us that have maybe had issues in the past have, um, you know, trying to be a healer or always trying to fix other people. Um, and you end up going into nursing and the one person we don't take care of is ourselves. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And a lot comes up for me when you share that, because I think a common theme that I've been seeing with the conversations I've been having with people is and, and clients is we're kind of programmed to either withhold and not, you know, feel, or we're on the other end of the spectrum and we like, we just blow up. And so I think finding that, that balance of how do we, how do we feel and process through things in a way that's, you know, healthy and effective and allowing things to move through our bodies, because I think really what happens, um, I think with your story and a lot of other people's stories is that we're living in this state of chronic giving and not giving to ourselves. Um, we want to control as much as we can. And this, this is a lot of, this has a lot to do with anxiety. Um, and, but really like your story with being burnt out, like you're suffering from chronic nerve pain and anxiety and other symptoms do you think that those kind of were rooted in like your childhood and some of these tendencies that you had? Yeah, definitely. I don't think that I saw that before um, recent, probably the last few years. Um, but um, yes, I was kind of sickly as a kid, honestly. Um, I didn't have that chronic nerve pain then, but I was, I was always sickly and always had issues as a child and um never had a lot of energy and just, just different, different, um, symptoms that now, as I look back, I can see that the stress that I had my body under, um, really caused these things. And as I went into adulthood, then I just tried to fix that with working and, and thinking that was, you know, what made me worthy because I had a lot of unworthiness underneath all of that. And, um, yeah, that's hard to like accept, but I've accepted that now, like that's where I am. I'm okay with speaking about it. Um, and that's a journey I'll be on for a while. And as I think as healers in the sense of whether we're coaching or I'm doing energy work or whatever, that I I've stepped out of the hospital and work with my private clients, you know, people are suffering. And so I feel like I bring something to the table because I've been them, yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. I didn't have their exact, um, situation, but many of our situations are not that different. Um, that's what brings us here together, you know, um, in this space. So um, I've, I've lived it and I want to come out on the other side of that. And um, 
it was really when I had my three, well, not personally had my three granddaughters, but when my granddaughters were born, the second one was born and I was like, I really want to change some of this lineage that I wasn't able to change maybe when my, my two boys were born um, because I wasn't aware of the issues, right? So you're not aware of the issues consciously, so you can't really start to heal them. Um, so I do totally believe in some lineage karma and, you know, bringing that along. So um, yeah, I think a lot of times people think when you talk about childhood trauma, um, like, why would you want to go back? But you really, you don't go back to wallow in it. You go back to figure out how we can work through it, through our body and learn to process it. Because, you know, we live as humans, right? We're, we're, we're living this human experience and we have to be able to, um, those things are still going to come up, but how we respond and not react and how we feel it in our body and process it. Um, can be key and then how we show up as for ourselves and our partners, our families, or the work environment, our clients, whoever, how we show up, it, it, it's a, it's very different um, when you start to heal. Yeah, I love that. And I think there's so much that is going on that isn't, it's not us. Like we're, we were born with generational trauma. We have childhood trauma, whether it's like big traumas, little traumas that, that add up beliefs that we have about ourselves, conditioning, um, all of these things have such a huge impact, but I think it's so cool that like you're, you're realizing that you can change things, even though you're now a grandparent and like <laughs> you may not have known these things as, as yeah. a younger parent, but like there is hope and there is, you know, healing is possible. And, and it just takes a lot of, a lot of, exploration and and diving into this like realizing that there is some some childhood trauma and some like some damage that's been done to our inner child too and um I think it's really interesting how that's all connected so can you speak to how stress and trauma and burnout can affect our nervous system balance yeah, for sure. So that was mind blowing to me that I had been a nurse for so many years at the bedside and then in leadership roles. And then I never really connected the dots. Um, I'm, I'm going to be open and honest because I think in nursing, we <laughs> that's not really necessarily taught in those words, right? But if your nervous system is out of balance and dysregulated, um, because things are, are embedded in your nervous system, right? If you have a lot of stress, if you've had childhood trauma, if you've, I mean, trauma is so many different things. You could have had abuse. You could have lived in an alcoholic family, but you also could have just had a mom that worked and a dad that worked and worked opposite shifts and just weren't home a lot. And it could have affected you differently than it affected your sister or your brother, because we're all individuals, right? So, um, where you could have been bullied at school, there's so many different things. And then all of that stress gets embedded in your nervous system and it becomes dysregulated and you not even aware that it's dysregulated. So then you come up with these tendencies of, for me was working like crazy and, um, you know, working all these hours to try to prove something or prove my worthiness. And then all of a sudden you come, you start having for me and manifested in, um, I think this nerve pain and also anxiety, I started having panic attacks out of nowhere. Um, and people were like, what's like, what's your issue? Like what, you know, and my life was probably in the best place it had been in, but that's probably why it started to rear its ugly head because I had some time and it just all of a sudden gets to this level um, 
that's not, you're not functionable, but you don't even know what's happening. Um, so yeah, it's just dysregulated and that shows up in just not being balanced in anxiety, um, depression, all kinds of different things, pain, chronic pain. Um, yes, I had some surgeries that probably could have caused this, this chronic pain. I had some OBGYN surgeries and probably I had a nerve clipped, they think, but they weren't even really sure that just coincided, but weirdly, I shouldn't say weirdly, but with meditation, breath work and yoga and movement, um, that pain went away. So was it something that happened from surgery or was it just the timing of me really coming to terms with the fact like, wow, I'm, this is out of control. Um, but most, you don't see it, right. You don't see the dysregulation. It manifests in your body. And so you go to the doctor or you take all these pills to try to figure out what's wrong with me when really, um, we can regulate the nervous system with breath, which is free with meditation, with some movement, with, uh, I, you know, sunlight and working outside. And there's just so many different things that can regulate the nervous system and bring it down to a a, a doable level, a sustainable level. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but yeah. So oh, yeah. it's just, um, it's just crazy. It really blew my mind. Cause I felt like I, yeah, I was this healthcare worker that's been working in a critical care environment for years and take care of the sickest of the sick. And then was managing this, the, the employees or the staff, the nurses that were taking care of the sick of the sick. And this was so basic but yet we don't talk about it. I mean, we're talking about it now more. There's books like, you know, the body keeps the score and all these things. Yep. Dr. Ormate, who has written books and, you know, things are coming to light. Thank goodness right now so that we can get people to understand and know that um, healing work can be done. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. My energy work also became a Reiki master. So the energy work of clearing out the chakras and, and um, balancing that energy within our body that is really kind of stuck. Um, yeah. But I got to be honest, that concept of things being stuck traumas and, and um, things being stuck in my nervous system. I didn't even, that didn't even compute to me. Um, so it is mind blowing that we are able to regulate that on our own, basically. Mm. Yeah. It's so fascinating. I'd love to talk more about like the energy work and from the spiritual side of things, because that is something that we don't really address at all in, in, in modern day healthcare. I mean, I was just thinking, as you were saying, as you were sharing that, um, about the nervous system, it really should be common knowledge, but it's not. And it's like, I know a lot of people who have panic attacks and they don't necessarily have a trigger. They just happen because this, our body's in this state of super vigilance and something can throw it off because there's something in your body that is, it's stored there. It's remembering it's, and you may not even be conscious of it. <laughs> so it's interesting because when you, you were talking about that, I remember there's a provider at my workplace that he's he is totally like, he's totally different than anyone, any other doctor I've met. And he sat down and talked to this patient and was talking to her about her nervous system. And I'm like, and he was talking about like, you know, and, and essentially trauma and how your body can react to this. And I'm looking at him like, 
who are you? <laughs> Where did you come from? I know, right? Right. But there's there's a shift happening. I, I really think that that there's more of us are starting to step out and talk about this stuff even at the bedside. And I try to do that with my patients. I I I have a lot of patients that come in with with anxiety and panic and and depression. And I talk to them about about the deep breathing and just these like simple techniques. And even just a few years ago, I didn't believe in mindfulness. Like I didn't know that deep breathing actually stimulates your body's relaxation response. Like I didn't know this stuff. So I think it's so cool that you're. Yeah. That you're it's interesting, right? That. Because we, as nurses, we'll say to someone, okay, look at me, um, take a deep breath, breathe through it. The pain will be less, but it didn't compute to me. Like what, what that was. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I'm, I've been a nurse for 29 years working in the critical care. I mean, I worked oncology, worked a bunch of different places. So I utilized those tools, but I didn't really understand how that, um, how that helps, you know, your nervous system and, uh, you know, get you back to a more balanced parasympathetic state. Like I, I didn't understand that, like that maybe was taught somewhere, but I don't think so. And I don't think the average doctor even that comes in talks. And I know, I just know because I took a, a three month leave of absence from work because I was having these panic attacks and I just was starting to unfold all of this, my own personal stuff. And, um, you know, and again, mental health isn't looked at in a way that is makes you feel comfortable saying, hey, I got to take some time off. Like I'm in therapy and I just need, I need some time um, because yeah. my nervous system was way dysregulated and it was just showing up everywhere for me. It's not like I couldn't function. I could function because I had been doing it for so long, but should I function like that? Like, should I not take a break and feel comfortable? So in an environment of healthcare where we're supposed to be taking care of each other, if it becomes a mental health or a possible mental health issue, then everybody's like, whoa, what's going on there? And really we should be like, hey, like what happened? Yeah. Like what's going on? Like w- w- what happened to her as Gabor Mate says, like what happened to that person, you know, that is addicted or what happened to that person that is, you know, having these issues um, so that we can get to the root of the problem and then teach the modalities to like be able to function. I could still work. It was just that um, I, I just personally needed a break. I needed to like take a step back and not have the stressors of work and life as much as I had had for the last so many years. But, but that again, too, was looked at, like, you could tell, you could get the feeling like, you know, well, what's, what's the deal here with that? And, and that's another, I mean, that's a whole nother episode, right? That's a whole nother problem about how we look at mental health in this, in this, um, in this society, which is broken. So, so yeah. Yeah. So you're talking a little bit about the spiritual path. So yeah, that's been definitely different for me. Um, the spiritual path, I, I would say that I was not on a very spiritual path. Um, I didn't have a lot of gratitude. Um, I wouldn't say I was a negative person, but I don't think I really thought about things um, in a spiritual way. Yes, I was raised Catholic. I went to church and kind of fell off with that. Um, but and now I would consider myself definitely more spiritual, more about being able to manifest what I want in my life, being able to 
um, get up in the morning and there has to be something I can be grateful for every morning instead of being like, oh God, it's another day. Like, oh wow, it's another day. The sun came out or it's raining, but the earth needs a little water today. Like (laughs) there is a different way, a different perspective to look at things and know that there are things out there other than us. And, um, you know, when you ask the universe, it's really interesting if you, um, really stop and, and listen, um, it's just a different way of living. And it, I guess it, to me, it doesn't matter what, um, everybody can have a different religious belief. It's not necessarily religious. It's, it's more spiritual on, on how I want to live my life and, and, and be good to myself so that I can show up better for everybody else that's in my periphery. Um, and that has changed my outlook also. It just has completely changed my outlook um, and the way I show up for people. Um, and I do work with my clients if they're open to that um, because some, you know, it's just a different way of looking at things, but it is more productive, I think. Yeah, the mind, body, and spirit, it's all three. And I, I've been really diving into the spirit because I see everything from a Christian lens, but I'm also seeing other people's perspectives and seeing how it really lines up with what I believe and and I've had very spiritual experiences at places that were not even Christian or you know considered like you know something different than what I would normally believe in but it's like God God revealed himself to me through that and so I think I think that yet there's a lot there as far as like the spirit the spiritual experience should be I mean everyone can access that and it may be in different ways and it may be it may be um called something different for each person but but yeah I just think that's really fascinating and um I know that the spirit aspect seems to be really connected with like our body's energy and like um from what I've seen with um I've done yoga and I've had like emotional releases I've I've had Reiki done once I probably should do it again because I really wasn't sure what to think of it the first time (laughs) um I believe in all yeah I believe in like the chakras and how like we can be totally closed off and and blocked in certain areas of our body and that affects our our emotions it affects our our mental health and all these things so um yeah can you talk a little bit more about how trauma and maybe even emotions can get like trapped in these these parts of our body and how that affects like our energy yeah I think that they it gets it literally just gets stuck and sometimes um it it gets stuck in certain parts and manifests a lot of times they'll say like you know it'll get stuck in your hips or you know your lower body and or somebody's having like an, a problem with their arm, but they didn't do anything to their arm. So like, what is that manifesting? And um, breath work, like you said, you've done different things that you have these emotional releases. So what it, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. how does that even happen? Whether you believe or um, not believe, right? It's, it actually does happen and how we can release what is stuck in our bodies through these different modalities um, is completely interesting to me. So 
yeah, the trauma just completely can get stuck. It can get stuck in our, and it can show up and manifest in different organs. Um, it can show up with just the, that chronic pain. I, I, I truly believe that that nerve pain that I have might've been related to those surgeries, but I don't know because it, it, there's a definite correlation to some of my trauma and all everything showing up at this certain time. And then this pain showing up and me uncovering all this stuff, the timing, when I looked back was very, um, synchronous. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when it all happened individually, you don't look at it, but when you start to heal and you start to look back, you're like, wow, that's like pretty crazy how that all happened. So was that really this, or was it that, um, so yeah, how that shows up based on what has happened to you or what, you know, just for nursing alone, living through the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, or just a critical care nurse or an oncology nurse who helps people pass, you know, pass and, and go to the next life if they believe that, or, you know, if they, they're just passing, whatever the case may be. I mean, it's still traumatic for people. Not for everybody, but for people, the pandemic working the way the amount of people that people saw die. I mean, that is definitely trauma that that's why we're seeing people leave in droves because we expect that people still will work at that level. And I was guilty of that thinking people should work at that level because I worked at that level. I didn't know any different. So but now I see differently that everybody is made up a little differently. So the trauma is going to be in their body a little different, right? It may not show up for you as it's going to show up for me and honoring that for that person um, and giving them some tools to try to re to release that. I don't know if I answered that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, and I'll ask you more about the specific tools in a little bit, but I think really the inner work is really the future of, of healthcare. I mean, of, of, of health itself. Um, I used to think I was, I was really into functional medicine for a while and thinking maybe I should get certified in that. I think there's a huge place for that. Like the functional medicine really looks into deeper lab testing and heavy metal testing and hormones and thyroid and all these things, but you can do all that stuff and still not address the deeper issues of the emotions and of the spirit. And just a little story that I like to share. Um, hopefully it's not getting to be too redundant because I've been sharing it a lot, but the healthiest I've ever been was when I learned to surrender control and choose gratitude daily. I, it was a huge turning point for me. It happened in the fall of, of, of 2019 and all the symptoms I was having the anxiety, the depression, the brain fog, the food sensitivities disappeared for six months, gone. I was peaceful. I woke up content. I had energy. I could eat whatever I wanted with no, with no side effects because I cleared something on a spiritual level mm -hmm. and I rewired my brain at the same time. So it's just crazy to see how powerful that is that a lot of of physical issues actually come from a deeper source and, and, and then COVID totally, hit. <laughs> yeah, I, but I totally, actually, I, um, I'm studying with a woman in California. Um, it's called inner alignment. Her name is Kim Beekman, but she, 
I did a program with her when I was out of work for three months. Um, it was weird. I took a yoga certification. I really didn't even do that much yoga. And I just was drawn to these different things that brought me then to this point. And I do think there's a lot of synchronicities and spiritually based things that brought me to this like spiritual realm that I'm like kind of traveling now in my own personal journey. Um, and I did a program with her for eight weeks, which I'm now working with her in an apprenticeship um, for inner child healing work um, in the first quarter of that with her, but I've been working with her for about two years. And um, yeah, that's what brought me to the, the pieces that she put together kind of for meditation. And it really was a lot of rewiring of your brain. And, and you had to look a little bit at your spiritual side and be a little bit open. And that's when I started to become more open to the spirit aspect of things and knowing that there's more out there and surrendering. And interesting, you talk about control because I just um, had traveled to Peru to do um, plant medicine. I'm not sure if that, if you're familiar as with um, the master plants, ayahuasca and San Pedro. I have never done anything like that before. So when I was training for my Reiki master, um, I trained with a shaman um, a couple hours from my house. And he does a trip every year, twice a year um, with people that he's medicine people he's worked with in Peru for years. And I did not go with my husband. I went with a group of people. I didn't know anybody. Um, I don't normally travel alone. And I felt called to do this for a couple of years. And I do not, not like being in control. I don't do any types of medicines normally, or have not really dabbled in any kind of extracurricular things. I barely, I don't really even drink. Um, so I went to, to do these plant medicines. It was a very introspective week in Peru and it was all very ceremonial, very spiritual. And it's interesting because it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to be, um, think exactly the same way, but, but when you're with people that are just um, have so much gratitude and are so ceremonial about um, processes that have been in place for years and years, thousands of years, you know, they've been working with these plants, everything, you're not just going to just take a plant to hallucinate, you're going to, it is all ceremonial and spirit based and so much gratitude. And there was a lot of um, work the whole week with breath work and different ceremonies um, on top of the plant medicine. But it was weird because I had not done ayahuasca or anything like this before. And what came up for me with that, because that master plant um, is supposed to takes you a little dark and it trying to shows you what you need to work on. The spirit is supposed to come the grandmother ayahuasca. She's a serpent. She's supposed to come and show you. And for me, what came up glaringly, which is not what I went thinking at all was all about control, releasing control. So I just find it interesting that you just said that because um, it was all about me releasing control and her showing me almost like a slideshow of my life and how I try to control everything and how it's so not beneficial um, but that's been embedded in me for years. I mean, I had to control, I had to always see what my environment was going to look like. And so to, uh, to trust and to release that, um, was such an interesting message for me, whether you believe in plant medicine or you don't, or you believe in the spirit or you don't, it was so interconnected to everything, even the, co the comment you just made in this podcast, right? It just made, it was like, wow, I wasn't even going to bring up Peru. Um, but I almost felt like I needed to, because that like the control thing is so huge when you release that control and you allow things to just be, 
and you trust in the universe um, and you stop trying to control everything, something does happen. There is a huge release. There's a huge shift that happens. I did not go on that trip thinking about my control issues. I went with a lot of other intentions, but that was a glaring, um, <laughs> glaring um, message to me. And so that when I came home, that's been my, my work. Even though I knew that was my work, it wasn't like in the forefront of like, oh, I have to release control. So um, yeah, it, it's just, and again, it was trusting the process there. I was very fearful when I was there and I wasn't trusting the process because I was thinking I'm gonna die. <laughs> and they were like you're not gonna die and I didn't die but it was the message you know and just receiving the message and trusting the process and right that's life like we try to control everything around us because that's how we've been doing it and it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of energy um and so yeah just like I said I wasn't really even going to bring that up the trip but um yeah you talking about control because that was a glaring thing for me and so that's part of my work, even though I'm coaching other people and I talk to people about that. Obviously, we all have our own work to do. And that's a big piece of my work. And then what I like to bring out to other people, because when we spend a lot of energy trying to control our, our surroundings, other people, our situations, and it takes a lot of work and it's exhausting and our body just isn't, I don't know that it's up for it. Like, it's not what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. That's such, thanks for sharing that story. That's a really uh, powerful experience that you went through. Yeah, it was a powerful week. It was it was well done, and it was really there was a lot of integration after the plant medicine and my shaman um, Angel Deer is pretty amazing. And then he has a partner who he brings who's um, trauma specialist. So you know you do integration circles after, and we did a breathwork ceremony breathwork you know, obviously basic breath work is important, but, um, these bigger breath work ceremonies can be so release a lot. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But it, it was all about control, releasing it, letting it go. That's so powerful. Um, I think this is something that I just think that now that we're on this, <laughs> what are some things that, our listeners can do to start releasing control? Anything, any tangible practical steps that they can start taking that you would recommend? I think realizing that, you know, we're here in this human experience, but you know, there's big things out there that are bigger than us. Um, you know, you can think about it in the sense of your religion, but I think the universe, there's just a lot more out there and, and um, asking for what you want to the universe and the spirit, whatever you want to call it. And, um, and, you know, slowing down, slowing down with meditation, mindfulness slows us down. I know a lot of people will say to me, a lot of my clients will say, Oh, I can't meditate. I've tried, but I think we have this thing in our head about what meditation is. It has to be like, you know, we're a Buddhist monk and we're like meditating all day, but that's not what life is for us. Right. We, a lot of us have jobs and we have kids or, you know, with partners, we have whatever we have in the day to day, but taking time to slow down, whether it's mindfulness in the sense that it's quiet time for you, or if it's a guided meditation, which works for me, or 
my husband does transcendental meditation. I mean, and there's so many different types of meditation, whatever kind of resonates with you. It really is. I think about just slowing it down. I equate it to the fact that we charge our cell phones, right? We have to like turn them for a while and charge them, but we don't feel like we need to be charged. We need to be charged. And so the opposite, I mean, I, I say that, but I don't want us to be charged more. I want us to slow down. Right. So we need to like get plugged in and so I think meditation is huge. And then the breath work, you know, the breath is free. <laughs> like we breathe every day. So doing some grounding breath work, obviously there's, um, you know, breath work that's more intense um, that you can release a lot of stored stuff with um, conscious breath work. And there's different types of breath works that, you know, go for an hour, but just in the day-to-day, if you incorporate some grounding breath work, um, alternate nostril breathing, ujjayi breath, I mean, there's different types of breath. You can look them up, grounding breath work. Um, I incorporate that into my morning practice um, because you can use that when you're getting anxious, but it's also a great way to have a practice daily where you're keeping your nervous system kind of down daily by a little meditation. It doesn't have to be an hour long doesn't have to be an hour long breath work, just that grounding breath work that brings you back down a little bit. Um, And then um, movement. So a little bit of yoga. I know people will say, oh, I don't do yoga. And, but a little bit of movement is so important. There's so many heart opening um, yoga pieces. I have like a seven minute meditative flow that I've learned through my inner alignment training. And it's just a small seven minutes in the morning. It's a heart opener because that heart space is so important. Like having really an open heart and like living through our heart more than our ego um, is can be life-changing and having that gratitude, a daily gratitude practice, you know, getting up in the morning, you don't have to write six pages of gratitude. You just have to maybe jot down a few things that you're, you're thankful for that day instead of, oh God, what's going to happen today? Um, it de- it definitely um, causes you to have a little rewiring done in your brain because we we have this path right. There's two paths. So there's a there's a, a path that's paved, and there could be a monster at the end. And we know there's a monster at the end, but it's lighted and it's paved. Or there's a path we don't know what that's it's at the end, and it's kind of overgrown and it's a dirt path. Our brain is automatically, even if our brain knows there's a monster at the end, we're going to take that lighted paved path because that's the path we've been taking. We're going to be hesitant to take that overgrown path. There could be utopia at the end, but we're not going to take, we're just going to go to what we're used to. Um, so incorporating these practices, which some people will say is a little woohoo or the spiritual end is a little woohoo. Um, I, you know, I'm not into that, but you're really just kind of bringing yourself back down to this homeostasis level in your nervous system that is so much more balanced And then you start to give up control. You start to allow to respond and not react to your external. Because we we look to our external, right, for all our validation, when really everything is right internal for us um, and we can heal within. So um, that external stuff will probably still happen, but we don't react. We respond more to that versus reacting to that. And it it starts to not bother us as much. Um, So I think those are the... The, the couple things that I think are so simple and don't really cost anything um, to do daily. Um, and then, you know, just get outside, 
get some sunlight. Some of us live in places that don't see a lot of sunlight, but get outside, dig in the earth. Um, I was laughing the other day because someone was telling me they like to open their basement door because they don't have a finished basement. They have a, they live in an old farmhouse and the basement is dirt. Mm -hmm. So she was making me laugh because she said, I, I'd love to open my basement door and smell, smell the dirt. But that's a real thing that really increases your um, your dopamine and your serotonin. Yeah. <laughs> digging in the dirt, gardening, probably just smelling her basement because it smells like the dirt. Um, that actually increases like what. So what we take medications for can totally be done organically. I'm not saying I'm against medication, but there are a lot of ways that we can incorporate um, these things. I mean, my dream is that we have Western medicine and a bit of this Eastern, what I call Eastern medicine and more holistic practices blended. So if you have a therapist, you have a therapist and you may have a coach that's helping you, um, incorporate these modalities, um, and show you that it's not so crazy and you can feel better. And a lot of the stuff is free. It doesn't cost anything to move your body, to dig in the dirt, to do some breath work, to meditate for 10 minutes. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love how you explain that. I'm like getting dizzy from nodding so much because I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I totally agree. And I think I honestly believe that the reason we're there's so much disease and dysregulation is because we're disconnected. And so all these things that you mentioned that are simple, accessible and free are they're not only building resistance, they're recharging us. They're mm -hmm. bringing us back to that, that balance that our bodies and our minds and our spirits are craving. And the more we can do that, even if it's just little pieces of our day, like that seven minutes, or, you know, it's being intentional, it's being aware. And I think just reconnecting, it really comes back to like slowing down and reconnecting with, with what truly fills us and I just think it's so powerful and it's so important so oh yeah thank you so much for sharing that and where can people find you if they want to go deeper and they really want to dive into this work with you so yeah my 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 um my website's actually under like reconstruction but I am I am on I'm I am on mindset I am I am mindset coaching on Facebook and on Instagram my website will be back up shortly, but you can find me through there. I have a business page. I have a page on both of those. Um, or my email is I am holistic coaching at Gmail. But yeah, I love to work with people and clients, you know, because most of us are not that different. You know, we all come from different backgrounds and some people don't recognize where their trauma is. And um, I didn't recognize mine for a long time. And, um, but yeah, that's, it's really created who I am. And some of that time, it wasn't great. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, focusing now just on really changing the tide. And I think people are waking up a bit. I hate to use that term, but I do think people are becoming a bit more spiritual. Um, it doesn't matter um, what religious beliefs they have. I think that they're opening up to that there is something else out there spiritually and that we're not all that different. Um, and, you know, releasing some of the control also around that, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want this to be about, a, about, about religion or anything like that, but 
Um, yeah, and that we can heal ourselves. I mean, that to me, I mean, I still, my mind is still blown that I've been in nursing this long. And like, I was always the first one to be like, yeah, my gallbladder is bad. Take it out. Now I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? Like I was a healthcare practitioner. So, you know, really hoping that we can get, I mean, Reiki is energy work. I mean, that should be in the hospitals. We should have an integrative therapy program. Like we call for a wound consult in the hospital. You should be calling for a coach or an integrative therapist or a Reiki person to come if someone's having surgery or they're anxious and like that should be a, a staple in, you know, facilities now. And, you know, I know in big facilities it is in some of them, but in the smaller facilities, they don't have those things. So teaching people how to heal, teaching physicians, you know, getting in the organizations and teaching physicians and nurses and being able to know that they are worthy of self-care because the medical profession does not, I, I was a manager and a director and, you know, I would say, leave your stuff at the door. I have a very different thought process on that now. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You can't necessarily bring it, but we should have somewhere they can bring it because that's what's happening. Like people have lives and they have stuff and employee assistance doesn't always cut the mustard for all that. Right. So, um, taking care of each other and, and teaching people that it's not that hard to, um, take care of themselves and they're, they're worth taking care of themselves. Most healthcare professionals have two and three jobs. They don't really think that they um, should do self-care and it doesn't have to be a huge practice because I feel like sometimes too, we feel like if we can't come in an hour in the morning, then it's not worthy. It's not worth it. But you know, if you can fit 10 minutes in um, a 10 minute meditation in during the day, um, then it's better than nothing, right? It's better to start slowly self-regulating. Um, and, and a thing that they say, I don't know if you've ever heard this probably, but you know, we have these cell phones and they're great and everything, but you know, most of us have them next to our beds. And so we get up in the morning and the first thing we do is we, our alarm is set on our cell phone and then we start scrolling and they say that that's really like not helpful to do that in the morning, you know, put it across the room. If you have to set an, an old time alarm clock, if you have to, and, you know, get up and, and take 15 minutes for yourself in the quiet, um, before you start reading an email or scrolling through Facebook or whatever it is that we, most of us do, cause that's a, the new addiction. Um, but yeah. taking that time to really reflect on your morning, um, because we have time, right? We say we don't have time, but what I say to my clients is, um, open up your phone and tell me how much screen time you've had this week. And I'm guilty of it too, right? Cause we have time. Mm-hmm. So getting back outside and getting back to basics and yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Thank you so much for sharing your heart. And I want to honor the almost 30 years of, of service and also honor your healing journey and how far you've come in learning to take care of yourself and I just think that it's so powerful and now you're here and you're doing amazing work and I'm excited to see um, where you go yeah I'm excited thanks for having me and I think yeah the more we can talk about all of this the more it'll be out there and the more people can see that you know we we can um we can heal ourselves and, and we can do better for the world. Show up more. Absolutely.
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch. All right. Thanks, Kaylee. Thank you. just finished an episode of the mindful method podcast thank you so much for listening and i hope that you can move forward this week with a renewed sense of peace joy and energy to just start getting closer to the life that you want to live and as always please feel free to send me a message i'm always here to answer your questions i'm here to support you and leave a review if you found this helpful thanks and have a great week